Welcome to I Totally Get That, the podcast that gives unsolicited advice about life, friendships, dating, and all that good stuff in between. I'm your host, Nat, and thanks for listening. I'm so sorry for those of you that listen weekly. I didn't release an episode last week because my dog um, had to go to the emergency room. So it was quite a busy week slash weekend. Um, he, he decided to eat his memory foam bed um, and was like throwing it up for like two days straight. Um, and then he was just like extremely lethargic, wouldn't eat. Um, he couldn't really poop. It was so, so bad. I was so scared and I was just crying every single day. I was so worried and stressed out. Um, so I just didn't have a chance to record, but I am back and I am happy to be recording. So thanks for tuning in. Housekeeping items, as always, if you enjoy today's episode or you've enjoyed past episodes, please share this podcast with someone else who you think might enjoy this content as well. And please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify because it helps me a very, very long way. And if you ever have a question that you want me to answer, or maybe there's a topic you want me to cover, I'm open to that too. Feel free to email I totally get that podcast at gmail.com, or you can also text me or leave a voicemail at 818. 818- If you're nervous about doing that too, like, don't worry, I'm not going to like answer the call. (laughs) It's not my actual personal phone number in case anyone was wondering, Um, but I do get pinged anytime someone sends a message. So if you want to leave a voicemail, you are welcome to do that. And as always, it can remain completely anonymous. I was completely mortified today when I was driving on the freeway. I know that LA, there are tons of like interesting things that happen, but I have never had something like this happen to me. So it was, there was a lot of traffic on the freeway and it wasn't like bumper to bumper. We were still moving, but it was relatively congested. And this car to the right of me, um, I could see that like it looked like they had um, turned their body around like their um, shoulders were facing the back of the car like they weren't front facing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Um, But then I was like, oh, they're probably just like reaching over to grab something in, you know, the back seat. And then (laughs) it gets better. I noticed that they're like still there, like they're there for a while. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Because the windows were like pretty tinted too, so I couldn't really see that much. And then like, you know, as traffic progressed, we were finally like um, side by side. I look over and this girl is naked. She is naked, like completely topless. And she is like riding her boyfriend. Like they're legit having sex on the freeway. I was just like, 
Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know. I feel like I've heard of things like this happening, but like, I, you never think that you're going to be the person that witnesses this. <laughs> it's just like, this is not what I wanted to see right now. It was already a stressful day. I was like, what if there's children in, like in an SUV that drive by and they see you having sex? I don't know. It just seems kind of disrespectful because the time of day, it was very, very crowded on the freeway. So I was just like, what are you doing? This is just so irresponsible. Um, I get people want to be adventurous, but I was like, this is not the time or place. Like, not right now. Maybe do that, like, when the freeway is empty, but not when it's, like, extremely congested. Um, and, of course, like, they were driving in a Tesla. So I think it was, like, a self-drive or something. But it sucked because, like, our my they were, like, right next to me. And, you know, when, like, traffic is not moving that much, you can't really, like, speed ahead so that you're not side by side with the car so I was just like awkwardly like trying to just like keep my head forward but also like trying to look at other cars be like am I the only one seeing this like hello maybe I'm being such a narc I don't know but it was just kind of weird and then two lanes to the left of me a sheriff on his motorcycle drive drove by and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> But like how like you had one job sir one job and then the the area that we were passing finally they exited the freeway i was also just wondering too like how do you how does that work with teslas like do you just put in an address and it can self-drive there for you like i i don't know i was just very very intrigued but they like the exit of the that they got off on i was like you are entering a suburban area like that's a it was like a pretty conservative area that they were like exiting into and i was just like this is just not gonna end well like you should probably i don't know hop off his d and i don't know it was just so I just feel very mortified and I wish I could just wash my eyes out. I'm glad my 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 little pup was not in the car with me because he did not need to see anything like that. Um, but yeah, that was my afternoon today. <laughs> I just, just imagine me screaming. That was like me. I was just like, oh my gosh, like, is this really happening? <laughs> but I wonder like how many people have that as a fantasy because I know a lot of I feel like a lot of people um have a fantasy to like have sex in a public place is I feel like that's a common thing I don't know um but I'm curious if like it, it varies by gender like are guys more into that or girls more into that um like what is the balance so that I would find that very interesting um but it also reminded me, too, I was telling one of my friends <laughs> when this happened because I was mortified. And she told me that I guess there like a while ago, Elon Musk had retweeted something about like how people have sex in Teslas because they can self-drive on the freeway. Um, so I'm sure that is something that he absolutely loves, which is like kind of interesting because like if you didn't know all of the models of tesla spell out sexy so like there's model s there's model 3 there's model x there's model y like <laughs> it is just like this man <laughs> so these the people who have the most money are probably the people who shouldn't have the most money but i don't know i digress it was it was an interesting afternoon for sure Okay, so I 
wanted to talk about imposter syndrome today because this is something I have experienced a lot in my professional career because I don't know. I wonder I wonder too if it's something that people of color face a little bit more often. I don't know. Maybe there's a study about it. Who knows? If there is, let me know. Um, but before I dive into this, I should probably define what imposter syndrome is. Uh, so it's basically like when, let's say, you are hired onto a new job. Let's say you're like the senior managing director. Um, but as soon as you start the job, you f- you don't feel confident. Like you feel like you're a fraud or you feel like you're a phony or maybe like you're not um, at the level you should be in order to like be successful in your role. Like you just start to feel a lot of anxiety um, and feel like, I mean, it's in the name itself, imposter. You feel like an imposter in the current space that you're in. And let me just tell you, if you have never experienced this, count your blessings because feeling like you are inadequate in a space that like you've really worked hard to get to, it is very, very stressful and difficult to navigate. Um, I feel like I definitely experienced this in my first like big girl job. I didn't have much experience So I kind of felt like, oh, my gosh, like, who am I to be directing people of like, you need to do X, Y and Z or, you know, this is the plan. This is the strategy and we need to abide by it. Like it felt weird to have to collaborate with people who had way more experience than me, Um, people who were just very, very seasoned in their craft. Um, And so like little me, I think I was 22 in this in this role but you know I mean my boss was like in her 40s um and or late 30s early 40s so sometimes I just felt like um I just felt like I wasn't good enough or like I just didn't have the skill set to be able to um excel in the role that I was in um and I, I've I've experienced this in so many other spaces as well. And I think a reason I wanted to talk about this is because, like I mentioned in a recent episode, I'm doing an internship right now in addition to my full-time job. Yay me. But I am surrounded with like so many brilliant creatives. I honestly feel like I mean, I didn't go to an Ivy League school, but I feel like this is what it probably feels like to sit in an Ivy League class because I remember one of my best friends, she went to Stanford and she was one of the smartest people uh, in our high school. And so when she was in this new space with people who were at her level or people who maybe just knew a little bit more about certain topics and whatnot, she like it was the first time she felt like, oh my gosh, I feel like maybe I don't belong here. Um, so like just surrounded by brilliant, brilliant people. Not that she herself wasn't brilliant, but like when you're around people who really challenge you, it can be very intimidating. Um, but something I always stand by is that you should never be the most like knowledgeable or like the smartest person in the room because if that's the case then that means you're not learning and you're probably a little you're going to be stagnant you're not going to be challenging yourself 
for me, like, I feel like all of my friends are brilliant. They are just like so creative, so motivated in whatever field it is that they're doing. Like I um, have friends who are attorneys. I have friends who are um, uh, trying to become pharmacists. Like there's so many different things that my friends are doing and it's just very inspiring to me. And I think being around people who are so motivated and really want to reach their goals and people who just have even a different perspective on life or maybe they just have um, a larger bucket of knowledge in something. It's just cool. It's cool to learn from other people. And so in this space that I'm in for this internship, everybody on the team is just Oh my gosh, I'm just mind blown at like how creative people are. Um, specifically, like some of the uh, graphic designers, I'm or not some, all of them. The ideas that they come up with are so beautiful. I'm just like, geez, like, I know that I'm creative and I'm pretty decent at graphic design. Um, but these people, I was just like very mesmerized. I feel like I am in an extremely advanced class or something that I should not be in. And I felt even more intimidated today because when I had to present on a project that I did, I felt like I was like, I feel like I totally bombed it or that I didn't um, almost like I didn't deserve to be there in a sense because I felt like with the feedback that I got, even though it was constructive, I felt like I had failed or I was just kind of like, man, maybe I shouldn't be doing this because everyone else is brilliant. But then meanwhile, like even I, I was the first one to present. So maybe that's why. But um, everyone else who went after me, like received very similar feedback. So it's not like I was the only one. But for some reason, I still felt like this sense of inadequacy, inadequacy. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> um but it's just like really frustrating. And I remember too, a boss that I had even mentioned it to me. They were like, you know, I feel like you are holding back because you might be experiencing a bit of imposter syndrome, but like you need to remember that we hired you for a reason. We hired you because you have a very unique skill set you are, you know, very talented, you're very intelligent, you're very capable. And so you just need to be more confident in your abilities to do, um, you know, the projects and whatnot that we're asking of you. And that was really good to hear, but it was also just like, dang, am I really exuding like that much, like, I don't know, insecurity? <laughs> um, I think I've for sure grown a lot. I think now, I, I'm a lot better at affirming myself and being able to um, give myself a little bit more credit for what I've accomplished. But like, yeah, today I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I felt like I should not have been in that meeting. Um, but yeah, I keep reminding myself that being challenged is good. Like that is why I chose to pursue this internship because I wanted to be challenged in something new. I I mean, I work, my job, my full-time job is pretty creative, but when you work for a corporation, obviously there's a lot of restrictions. You can only 
put so much of your own personal creativity and your own personal touch onto things because there's a brand manual that you have to abide by. But for this job or this internship that I'm doing, uh, we really do have creative freedom to do things. And so um, I feel like it's kind of intimidating because I'm just like, ah, <laughs> I know I'm capable and I know I was chosen for a reason. I was chosen out of a huge pool of applicants. Like there's a huge reason why, like clearly they saw potential in my abilities. That's why I'm part of the program. But yeah, imposter syndrome is real. Um, the only thing that I, I feel like can, can help me out a lot is sometimes just like faking it till I make it. That is, I don't know who told, who was the first person that told me that, but I just feel like that is great advice because sometimes like, here's something that I noticed in a lot of corporations and organizations, typically the, people who are in management positions, sometimes they may not even have all of the soft skills to be able to like honestly be successful in that role. Like let's be real. The amount of experiences I've had where people who are in like a C-suite level and can't even do public speaking. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to be a public facing figure like that's a skill that you really need to master and okay this is I don't want this to sound insulting but I'm just speaking from experiences that I've had so I'm not just like pulling this out of my butt like this is from my actual experiences over like I don't know the past decade or so one thing that I've noticed is and it's usually with like older white men, sometimes when they're leading a meeting, like with a large team of people, or if they are doing like a presentation, sometimes the things that they say, like if you wrote down on a transcript what they said word for word, it would make literally no sense it's just gibberish it's honestly like they're just talking to fill space and oftentimes people are very receptive to what they're saying because these guys will it's like they they say things they deliver it with such confidence and it sounds like they know what they're talking about but really they don't they're just saying things and people take what they're saying as like truth um because of like that confidence that they're exuding and I mean I think it also comes down to like white privilege and things but I mean (laughs) I don't really want to dive into that so I think when I have seen that type of behavior it's always a reminder to me that honestly I feel like even people who are at in c-level positions like executive directors like managing directors whatever that may be CEOs a lot of them are faking it till they make it like I feel like if you have the mentality of you know what, I'm just going to walk into this meeting and I'm going to be confident or I'm going to walk into this class and I'm going to act like I know what I'm talking about. People will notice that and I feel like they'll respect you. And 
sometimes it's, I feel like for me, like when I do that, I start to believe like what I'm doing, even though it's like, it's not a secret that I'm very capable or I'm very intelligent. Sometimes like, I feel like subconsciously I think that I'm not, which is why I have experienced imposter syndrome over and over again. But when I've had the attitude of like, you know what, I'm just going to walk in and like pretend I know what I'm talking about and just make sure that I am presenting myself in the most like confident way possible because then it's received well and people are like, oh, okay, like, wow, she's she really has her stuff together. So honestly, that's my tip. <laughs> I don't know if that's helpful at all, but I, I just, I know what it feels like to f- think that you are inadequate or you don't belong in a space that, you know, you've worked your way to get to. So yeah, that's my, that's my tip for the day. Okay, so I feel like so many things happened to me. <laughs> of course, it's like the weeks that I don't or I just can't record for the podcast, all of these things happen. Um, but I recently, I helped this salon out and I modeled a style for them. It was this really cute shop in LA. And um, first off, let me just say, it was a black hair salon and black hair salons are the best. They are absolutely amazing. I feel like it's always such a good variety, like good, such a good mix of people. There's always like an older woman in there who's like there for her weekly like wash and blow dry. There's always, sometimes there's like a little kid who's getting their hair done, doesn't want to get it done, but they're like trying to sit still in the chair. And then there's like younger people in there. And then a lot of the stylists are usually like middle-aged and then there's some who are like very, very young who are like really trying to build their hairstyle career, hairstyling career. So they like every time they have a client, they have like a ring light and they're there to like, you know, get all this content and stuff for their TikToks or whatever to promote it. So it's just really cool to like observe everything that happens in those salons. And also just the conversations are so funny like there is always tea the tea is always hot anytime you go to a black hair salon I I don't think I've ever gone to a black hair salon and not had a chance to like really listen to the tea that's going on whether it's with like other stylists who are like not there at the time or if it's about just like really bizarre clients that they've had to deal with it's just so 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 funny and this salon that I got my hair done at um a lot of the stylists were very very young and then there was one stylist who was she looked like she was maybe in like her mid 30s late 30s um not old at all um but the younger girls (laughs) kept calling her auntie because she wasn't getting the social like all of the like social media references or the pop culture things they were talking about it was just really funny but it was also cool to just hear them talk because um especially like the older stylists they all had like such good experience like they do a lot of styling for celebrities Uh, Some of them did a lot of the hairstyles for like the dancers and stuff for the Super Bowl. I was like, that's just really cool. That's something like I bet that was a really amazing experience. I think they've done like music videos and stuff like that. 
So <clears throat> I love going to black salons, especially whenever I go during the week and I'm having just like a bad day. It is just so uplifting. It's so refreshing. And honestly, I mean, doing black hair is such a unique craft and a lot of stylists don't know how to do black hair. They can do every other hairstyle under the sun except for black hair. And one thing I think about is like, you could be making so much money, you as in these stylists, if you chose to expand your skill set because black women are always, always, always getting their hair done if they don't like do it themselves. It's just like part of our culture, you know, like my sister is always training her herself. I feel like every week it's something new, but it's always really cool. Something fun, um, something like really creative, like um, a job that I had not too long ago. One of my coworkers, okay, first of all, she was absolutely stunning. Like now her full-time job, she's a model. And I feel like every week she had a new style and it was just always so on point. It's like she would plan it for like the outfits she had that week. And it just always worked, which was really, really cool. So I just think about that and I'm like, wow, like these people could be making so much money if they like, you know, chose to expand their skill set. Um, I mean, it is very, very, very unique to have to learn. Um, but I mean, there is a lot of money in it. But then again, I'm like, uh, to be fair, I probably wouldn't trust someone who's not black to do my hair. <laughs> um, but I do really respect people that can do it who aren't black. Um, like my one of my cousins, I know she makes like six figures every year because she does. I don't know how to say it. I'm going to butcher it. It's like bylage or whatever it's called, like that highlight style. That's very, very popular. She is like known in the city to to do that. Um, that's her specialty. And she also does extensions and all of that. And she makes bank. So I'm like, well, I guess like if you have a specific skill set, like might as well hone in on it. But I always think about that. I also think that some TV network needs to get the ball rolling on having a reality TV show at a hair salon because there is so much drama. Um, it would be so interesting. If one already exists, like I would love to watch it. I need to do I need to look that up and see if anything exists. But that I I don't think there is that I know of. I know, well, there's like a YouTube series. I haven't watched it, but I've seen it promoted. Um there's this hair salon slash like they sell like wigs and um, hair extensions in L.A. It's called Hair Queen L.A. And a ton of influencers and celebrities go there to get their hair. Um, like it's like the spot. But like these things, it's so expensive. Like I was like, how do these people whenever I see like them post of like just like an average person going like not a celebrity to get a new wig or extension I'm like how are you affording this that's a thousand dollar wig like I perused their website and I was like holy guacamole that is insane like I would rather <laughs> use that money to do something else but then you know to each their own if you want to spend your money on that by all means do it but anyway they have or they were like promoting um like, I think they were trying to find new stylists because they were starting this YouTube reality, like, TV series about the stylists in the salon. And I was like, that is such a good idea. If if they do if they do it correctly, like, I think it could blow up. And I think that was, like, 
I think it was earlier this year that I saw that, that it was launched, but I'll have to look it up and see because, oh gosh, the like black hair salons are just chef's kiss. They're so great. And I think as someone who, like my mom, so my mom is not black. And so having biracial children, she had to learn how to do our hair. And I think she like did her best, but she definitely struggled. So in the community that we lived in, obviously it was not like predominantly black and brown. And so it was hard to find salons that would know how to do our hair that were in our area. Like my dad used to drive us all the way to like LA, like the heart of LA to get our hair done at like legit black salons uh, because there was just nothing where we lived. And I feel like it was such a traumatic experience whenever I went to a salon that was not a black hair salon because they didn't know how to cut my hair. They didn't know how to wash my hair. They didn't know how to do anything. And it always just ended up ruined. And it was just, oh, it was the absolute worst. Um, This makes me think, I'm like, I know nothing about hair, but I'm like, I should open up a salon. (laughs) I feel like that'd be a cool side gig. It'd be really fun. And it's just so uplifting. I love going to salons. Like every time I've sat next to an older women they are always so kind like if you're having a bad day go to a black hair salon and get your hair done next to an older woman because they will hype you up they're always like oh my gosh i love your hair it's so beautiful or like that is such a cute style like it looks amazing and i'm just like thank you queen like you look amazing too (laughs) Uh, it's so sweet i love it but anyway That was a really long tangent to what I actually wanted to share with you all. But I, okay, so I was, while I was waiting for my like appointment, there was a woman who walked in and immediately I was like, oh, wow, this woman is, she seems very cool, like very fashionable. I noticed her shoes. They were like these Chanel sneakers I had never seen before and they were absolutely adorable. And then she also had this designer bag and I hate it because I don't remember what the designer was. Um, But when I saw it, I I knew that it was like expensive. Like her outfit was very simple. She was wearing like this sweatshirt crop top thing and then like biker shorts and her little sneakers and her purse and whatnot. And I'm like, it's crazy that an outfit that simple actually probably cost her like thousands of dollars, like wild. What a life to live. Um, but at first I will admit I was a little judgmental because I was like, oh gosh, here comes like another little LA thotty trying to like, you know, maybe pretend there's something they're not and like spending a whole bunch of money on clothing and stuff that they can't afford just because, and I say, and I thought that just because like, I know that in LA, like the influence, influencer culture is just It can be so fake. Like a lot of people will pretend they have it when they don't because they that's like how they, I guess, get their clout, like by having the nicest things or looking like they have the most expensive things when it actually might be a knockoff or something. So that's why I like initially I was like, hmm, this is interesting. But then of course, my mind changed. Like she was actually really, really cool and she was super funny and she had a really good dynamic with. Um, a couple of the stylists, which was really funny. So I could tell she was a regular. And then she started talking about 
her kids and like a vacation that they had planned. And then she started talking about how she was telling her husband how she wanted a G-Wagon and he didn't want to buy it for her because like that's that's a lot of money. Um, but it was funny because like while that sounds like a very pretentious conversation, it's just like the way she delivered it, it didn't sound like that at all. Like she didn't sound like a brat or anything. It was just really funny. Um, but anyway, so the next day I was looking at the hair salon's Instagram and they posted her on their story and I was like, oh, yay, like, look at her style. It's really cute. Um, so I looked at her page and oh my gosh, this woman has 1.7 million followers on Instagram and she was actually on Teen Mom and she was on MTV's show, Are You the One?, which I love that show. It is so messy. It's like a dating type of show where they like all live in the same house together and they have to find who they're most compatible with. Um, but she was on that show and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, maybe my subconscious knew like that she looked familiar or something. Um, but her name is Cheyenne Davis. I think her maiden name is uh, Cheyenne Floyd, I want to say. Um, but I was like, how cool. I was sitting next to a celebrity and I didn't even know. <laughs> I'm like, now I'm like, wow, I should have like tried to engage. But I just, I feel like I get so shy in salons. Like I just listen and observe. I don't like say much because I don't know. I feel like I'm not as funny as stylists <laughs> typically are. So I just like laugh to myself. Um, but it was so cute because the style that she got when I was there, she had like a picture posted and it was funny because that day she was talking about how she's like, I need this to make, she's like, cause she got like a, like slicked high tail pony with a braid. And she was like, I need to make sure that like, this is secure because like, I'm going to be going to the club <laughs> and it was just super funny. Um, and then I remember that same day she was talking about how she was going to go back in a week or so to get her braids done. And she posted a picture of that too. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I was part of this experience. <laughs> um, but it was just really cool. I don't know why I just got super excited that I was in the presence of a celebrity. It's not the first time I've been around a celebrity, but like, it was just kind of cool. It was fun, um, fun story to tell. But it also makes me think like, if I ever became a micro influencer or any influencer of sorts, like I would hope that I... I am very similar to that, like just very authentic and very kind to people. Like I hate when people think that they're better than somebody else because they have more money um, or I don't know, their outfit's nicer, whatever, like superficial things like that's just gross. If somebody is kind to me, like I'm going to be kind to them, I'm not going to be a meanie. I feel like it's more energy to be mean to someone than it is to be kind. I don't know, maybe it depends on the situation, but I would hope that I could be someone that people really enjoy to be around and recognize as being like just very real and very genuine. Um, I doubt that this day will ever come, <laughs> but if it did, it just made me think about it because it's like you never know who's watching. Like people are always watching your every move and even people who, you know, you might think are your supporters like are like people who are your fans or your followers might actually just be monitoring and snooping on you because they're just waiting to see you fail or they're waiting for a moment where they can call you out and like get you canceled like that is real um which kind of makes me 
think back too to like work situations that I've been been in because a lot of people will pretend to be your friends or pretend to be a supporter and want to see you succeed, but really they're just waiting for the, the perfect timing to throw you under the bus or to do whatever they can to make sure that they can elevate themselves um, and they don't care who it affects. That's one thing too, like I should have mentioned this earlier. I appreciate this advice that my mom gave me at a very young age, and she always continues to reiterate this, but like in the workplace um, or just like professional settings in general, to always be cautious of how much you share about yourself and to make sure you set clear boundaries with like what you will and will not talk about with people who like you don't really know that well, because sometimes People will pretend to be your friend, pretend to be a supporter of you and your accomplishments, and you share one little thing with them, and when the time comes, they throw that back in your face as something negative or twist it and manipulate it to sound um, very bad and maybe put you in a really bad situation, which is really unfortunate. And I'm, again, I say this (laughs) from personal experience, Um, so I just, I don't know, I just feel like this is necessary to share because I know that a bit of my audience is very young and so um, it's just always helpful to know this because this is not, I feel like this is not something you really like learn in school or or anything. Um, But a way that I suss people out, I think in my personal life and just like in my professional life is... So the people who try to become friends with you by shit-talking other people, red flag. Absolutely red flag. Because the fact that they are trying to build a relationship with you by, like, talking bad about somebody, it's like, okay, when you walk away or you're not around, how do you know that that person isn't talking to Cheryl down the hall and shit-talking you? Like, if they're willing to easily talk about other people they're probably talking about you too and they're probably like not actually genuine and supporting you or want to like see you succeed like so many people I hate to say it like I love to try and see the good in people and assume that everyone has good intentions but that's just not the case like you just can't live in la la land um And one of my colleagues, like something I've learned from her too, is that she, she's so good at setting these boundaries, but she will not talk about anything like very personal or something that could be like misconstrued in any way. So she only talks about like her dog. (laughs) Like that is the thing that she talks about, which is so smart because you can say so much about your dog if you love your pet or your cat, you know, whatever it may be like. That is just such an easy conversation because, like, who doesn't love a cute little dog, right? Um, So, I don't know. I feel like that is something worth thinking about because, I mean, I've been in situations where it's, like, someone will bring up, like, oh, like, I heard that, like, Natch, like, she doesn't like X, Y, and Z, or she said she would never do that, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, the person they tell that to you might – interpret that very negatively and now it's like tainting your relationship with that person because they think like something of you that's like not even true or was just like delivered in a very like malicious way like it's just it can just turn into something 
so, so messy. Like whenever my boss or anyone that I work with, to be honest, asks me, oh, like, how was your weekend? What did you do? You will never catch me going into detail. Like that is not any of your business unless you are a good friend of mine. Like you don't need to know what I did. So I just keep it very, very surface level. Like, oh yeah, like I hung out with my dog. Like we we went to a dog park. I did some reading um, and I tried a new restaurant. Like I keep it very, very surface level because people don't need to know every little nitty gritty detail about you. Um, And another thing too I mentioned is like I really love to Yelp. Um, I love just like trying new restaurants. Um, So somehow I was able to become a Yelp elite. (laughs) So I get to go to a lot of like free foodie events and things. So that is also something that I will bring up in conversation because people are always like, oh, that's really cool or that's really fun. Um, So it's just like really helps me to make sure that the conversation is not steering in any type of direction that that could turn into something problematic. Um, But anyway, that's just my that's my other tip for the day. Be careful who you choose to get close to in professional settings Um, and also just always be mindful of how you present yourself because people are always watching. <laughs> a lot of my friends laugh at me when I say this, but like everybody has a personal brand. Whether or not you want to believe it, you do. Your brand might be, oh, that person always just like is on point. They're always kind to people. They are always very articulate with everything they say, yada, yada, yada. There's people who might have the personal brand of always showing up late. Like they are never able to attend things on time. Um, They always just like look disheveled or whatever, you know, like everyone has that personal thing. And I think you just have to be mindful of that everywhere you go. Like Yes, of course, you shouldn't be super obsessed with what everyone thinks of you. But at the same time, you do have to be mindful of how you present yourself to others because the amount of haters out there, it's unreal. Like you don't have to be a celebrity to have haters. Trust me. (laughs) Trust me. Because I am convinced that most people who like follow you on social media are likely and this sounds negative, but like, I think it could, I think there's some truth to it, are likely just trying to peep what you're up to and see like what's going on. Like, I mean, I definitely sometimes I'm nosy and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen so-and-so post in a long time. Like, I'm going to look at their account. And then you're like, holy cow, they're going through a breakup. Or like, what? They got divorced? Like, what's going on? You know, and then you get nosy and you like go down a rabbit hole and you end up on their second cousin's account. Um, (laughs) and so just thinking about that and like, if you say you've never done that, I think you're lying. Like, let's be real. Um, or if you yourself haven't done that, like you definitely have a friend or a relative who is extremely talented and could probably work for the CIA because of all of the information they can find on people on social media. Um, but yeah, like people are always observing. People are always watching. People are always taking notes. Just think about that. You know, like it doesn't matter what you're doing, um, where you are, people are observing. And you just have to be mindful of that. Um, I don't know. I feel like that just like kind of keeps you on your toes. And if anything, it just like protects you because um, 
it's it's just not fun when you have someone who's just like trying to um people who are jealous of you i think like, i feel like especially um in the girl realm of things like i've had my fair share of this like having um people who i thought were my friends actually not be my friends and were just jealous of me like i don't know if i mentioned this and i think i did mention this in an episode like way back um but like i remember a girl told me in college like can you like like, why do you always look so pretty or you look so nice? Like, can you not dress up when we go to this function? Because like, I don't want you to outshine me. Like, just like things like that. It's like, what the? It's like every, I'm like, you always compliment me for everything that I wear. I thought like, you know, I thought that's something we bonded on, like loving fashion or liking to wear like, you know, certain things. And now you're like hating on me or just like telling me like, oh, like you need to tone it down. Or, you know, telling people that, like, I try too hard or whatever. It's just like, what? Um, so, anyway, <laughs> that's it. I digress. Those are my thoughts for the day. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. Um, but, yeah, always be mindful. People are always watching. Um, imposter syndrome is real. Um, but don't let that, like, don't let that inhibit you from trying to achieve your goals or things that you like really want to aspire to do there are definitely ways to work through that um yeah so thanks for listening to today's episode um if you enjoyed this content or if you've enjoyed past episodes please rate and review this podcast on spotify or apple podcasts And as always, if you have a question that you want me to answer or if there's a topic that you want me to talk about, feel free to email me at itotallygetthatpodcast at gmail.com or you can also send me a text because I will always be monitoring that and you can also leave me a voicemail too. Um, Don't worry, I'm not going to (laughs) answer. It's not my personal phone number as I previously mentioned. Um, but yeah, you can call or text 818-583-7547. And if you listen on Spotify, there's also a Q&A section. You can reply to that and I will see your response and make sure that I address it. But with that, thank you for listening and I hope you have a great rest of your week. Bye.